Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we are building a theology of self-care together. My name is Andrew Ware, and I am your host, and I am the Runnin' Rev. Through conversations with others and reflections, we are seeking to build a theology of self-care, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. Welcome to this episode. Uh, Today, I am having a conversation with the Reverend Beth Anderson, who has just gotten back from a time of renewal leave. And if you remember back in our episode with Jesse Caldwell, we talked a little bit about renewal leave and what that means here in the United Methodist Church and the opportunity that we as pastors have in renewal leave to really not just have time away, but to take that time to really hopefully improve ourselves so that when we come back into our ministry, back into our vocation, we are in a better headspace and we have hopefully built up better self-care rituals that help us continue along life's journeys. And I think Beth offers a great experience of that as we come in. And I have another pastor who I'm hopefully going to be connecting with sometime soon to also have that conversation as well, because I think these conversations really will help us to understand that this time away from our vocation, whether it is vacation, whether it is renewal leave, whether it is sabbatical, is meant to be time where we, yes, renew and refresh ourselves, but also consider the practices that we have that help us continue that renewal and refreshment as we practice our vocation. So let's jump into this conversation and hear from Beth. All right, so we are joined today by the Reverend Beth Anderson. Beth, how are you doing today? I'm good, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, Beth, why don't we get ourselves started here? And if you could introduce yourselves to our uh, listeners, who are you? Uh, where are you from? And then most importantly, why do you practice self-care? All right. Well, I mean, my name is Beth Anderson. I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor at Courthouse Community United Methodist Church in Virginia Beach. Uh, I've been serving as a pastor. I'm in my 17th year. I have two amazing teenage girls, Grace and Sophia, who are 14 and 15. Uh, I am from the Lynchburg area of Virginia, um, but I lived in Birmingham, Detroit, and Atlanta, and then back to Virginia. And why do I practice self-care? Um, it's necessary. (laughs) Um, and there's a reason that there's a commandment to rest because we wouldn't do it without that. I think sometimes in my life, I didn't rest until I was exhausted. And so, um, I think especially when I hit 40, um, I'm 43 now, but I think when I hit 40, I was like, you know, I wanted to be more intentional about things and say, you know, I've done a certain amount of things this way up to this point in my life for the rest of my life. I don't want to do certain things that way that don't work out. I want to be more intentional about it. And, um, and so that's one of the reasons that I practice self-care. I'm not always great at it, but I am intentionally working at it. Yeah. And uh, the reason that I invited Beth on is because Beth just returned. This is her second day. Second uh, day. Back from from a time of uh, renewal, we'll call it. And I wanted to get Beth on because in the past, listeners, you'll remember when I had Jesse on, when I've had pastors on in the past, we've talked about this idea of renewal leave. And especially as it relates to the church and vocation as pastors. But I also think this is something that no matter your vocation, something like renewal leave for any length of time that you can get it 
offers a time for you to really refresh and reconnect with who you are and what your vocation calls you to do. So Beth, can you uh, explain to us and help us understand this process of renewal leave uh, that you went through, maybe maybe mm -hmm. why you went into renewal leave. You told us you've been in ministry for 17 years, so I got to assume that's part of the problem. But can you help us maybe understand <laughs> the why behind your renewal leave? Yeah, um, it's a great question. Uh, when I came to Courthouse in 2016, um, I shared with the, we, we then had a sort of regular structure of committees at the church. And the I guess it was during my evaluation with staff parish relations committee, they talked about self-care and I shared with them about renewal leave and the book of discipline In the book of discipline in the United Methodist church. It talks about how pastors after serving for seven years, full-time ministry um, can have a month of renewal leave. Um, I began my, like I said, my 17th, 17th year this year had never taken any kind of a month of renewal leave. Um, we in the Virginia Annual Conference talk about how we have four weeks of vacation and um, you can also have continuing education. I often would take a week of study leave where I would plan a whole year out of sermons, um, mm -hmm. but that's also not rest. That's work. You're, you're working. Preparation. Preparation. Right. Um and so I had never taken any kind of renewal leave. And so my my staff parish committee uh, was just really like, we want you to do this. And so we've been talking about it for ever, really ever since I got here. They said, you know, you've doing so much for us and you're working so hard and um, we want you to take this time. Well, then COVID hit and um, and so it wasn't going to happen um, any time after that. We kind of had gone through a time of recovery here at the church and then COVID hit. Yeah. And so they were like, well we really want you to still take this. And so our leadership board um, talked with me and I said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it in 2022. And so we've been planning it for a while. The The reason why um, there's always articles coming out every, all the time. Duke did a huge study a, a while back about pastors and burnout. And, um, and I think after COVID, a lot of us were burnt out, yeah. um, just tired. Um, compassion fatigue is real. Like you can reach your capacity. You can be exhausted. You can be tired. And, um, if you don't have that time, I'll, I'll tell you, I was really scared. It wouldn't work. <laughs> like, um, I had some real fear, like, okay, I'm going to take these two months, but what if I'm not feeling refreshed when I come back? Like what, what, what then? Yeah. Um, and uh, it was funny because yesterday is my first Sunday back and everyone was like, you look so well rested. You look great. I'm like, wow, <laughs> good. It worked. Um, uh, but I, and I, and then I had a fear. What if I don't feel like coming back? Like, what if yeah. I'm having so much, what if I like resting? Um, you know, what if I'm not going to be excited to, to, to return? Um, and that's a fear. It's like a real fear. Um, and, and I think that was some fear that some other people had too. Um, of course, you have to come back. You want to come back and do your, your work and, and live out your call. Um, but it was about a month ago and I was big, just beginning my first month back, my first, my second month away. And I was starting to think through the sermon series I was going to do when I returned. Mm -hmm. And um, I, it was a Sunday morning. I was thinking through the sermon series that I would do in a return. I'm like, I'm really excited about this. Like, I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad I still have a month, but I am excited about returning. And um, I shared with him, I'm like, it's working. Like, I, I'm I'm <laughs> actively excited about returning. I'm glad I still have these this time left, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
And I think the the biggest thing I learned is, you know, they talk a lot, everyone talks about, you know, preserving your day off and making sure you take that time, but it's really easy for it to um, just get filled up and creep away. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that I love to do, and I'm sure a lot of other pastors are happy to do this all the time too, is like the local funeral homes will call and someone will pass away and they won't have a pastor. And I'll say, oh, sure, I'll be happy to do the service. Well, that often means that my day off a Friday or a Saturday is taken up by doing an additional funeral you hadn't originally planned on doing. Um, And that's something I'm always willing to do. But I also realized I need to not let that Friday get taken up. Yeah. Um, One thing I got really good at doing during COVID because we pre-recorded our worship was my sermons were always done on Tuesday. Okay. Um, And, uh, when we got back into our regular schedule, that didn't quite happen. But I was thinking over my over my time of renewal, I need to get back to that so that I'm that's done and my energy is done in that pre- preparation. So that Friday is really a day where I'm not thinking about anything else but just resting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and a lot of people ask, "Well, what are you doing on your renewal? Are you writing a book? Are you?" doing things. I'm like, no, I'm not not doing things. Um, I mean, I refinished my stairs and, um, I had some goals. I did have some goals. I had two big sticky note things I put in my hallway. Uh, one was grown up adult things to get done. Mm -hmm. And the other was fun things to do. And so, um, there were a few like things I wanted to accomplish for my own like family and self, but then I wanted to learn how to surf and paddleboard and um and I did those things. I did I did all the things on my list. Yeah. Man, so and and you took two months. Um and again for, for those who are listening, you know, that's two months where uh Beth was not going into the office on a regular basis. She was not performing her vocational duties. Uh and it it's a little bit more than what you would consider a vacation. It's not, you know, I would say and and hesitate folks, us from, you know, lumping renewal leave and vacation into the same mindset. Yeah, it's different. Because I think as we look at it, when we talk about renewal leave, the idea is to come back, not just refreshed, but renewed. And mm-hmm. so what within that time that you took away have you carried now back into your practice of vocation that you hope to be a better self a better focus of self-care to i guess tide you over like i hate to put it like that but to but to help you as you're going through your vocation because mm-hmm. you know we see 17 years of ministry and 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 really no renewal leave um and so in a state where you just feel tired and I think we can try and use renewal leave as just a band-aid. It's like, oh gosh, I'm tired. I just maybe I, if I have like two months off, then I can come back. I'm gonna feel refreshed. Uh, but yeah, if we come back, even if we're refreshed, and we just get back in those same cycles that made us tired in the first place. So, what did you learn during your renewal leave that hopefully you're gonna carry with you as you continue to serve in this vocation to to fill you up, to be a, a focus point of self care moving right. forward. Yeah, it's a great question because you, you, you know, you don't want to have to be like, 
yikes, I'm, I'm back where I started. Um, yeah. Well, the first thing, so over the years, I've had different folks who've said things like, like when I, when I have study leave or when I, to go on even vacation, folks, you know, have said, Hey, by the way, I have a beach house or I have a, a, a cabin, or if you ever want to use this. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know why, but I seem, I seem to always be like, Oh no, thank, thank you. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> like, um, um, it's funny. My friend Giselle was like, you were saying no to blessings. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like I, I spent a month, um, I mean a month, I spent a week, um, at a beach house in Connecticut, uh, a week or so ago, um, that a parishioner had offered. And I think I always was like, oh, it's too far. And I can't drive all that way. Or, you know, it'd be too hard to take the kids or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. I I made excuses and, um, I drove to Connecticut with my two teenagers by myself and I drove through New York, the three hours it took me to drive through the New York and it was, and we survived and we had an amazing time. I mean, it was the most peaceful, beautiful place. And, um, and, and to think that I, I could have even done that sooner. Um, and it was so, so peaceful. I, I just, I had the best, like, there's so many windows in this house and that you could always hear the waves and there was light coming in and I had fun cooking in the cooking in that kitchen and we rode our bikes to the stores and it just, um, it was such a good time and it was worth the, the drive. And it was so, um, it was just so wonderful. I, I also started a practice, um, that a friend gave me, um, a kind of adapted a practice invited by a friend to get up and walk, um, and see the sunrise. Um, I live at the beach. I am mm-hmm. so grateful. I get to live here in Virginia beach. And, um, and so I've never really been a morning person, but, um, I wake up at five 30 without my alarm right now. And, um, and I get up and I go walk the boardwalk and see the sunrise and um, when I used to be, I'd go on vacation and it seemed like on vacation, I would always see, see the sunrise or see the sunset. And I, and I thought, why did I do that only on vacation? And so um, I think those are some practices I'm going to keep. Um, yeah. That that morning time was sacred. Um, it's going to be a little difficult when school goes back because my kids, I have to get them to school by like 7, um, 20 in the morning. So there, you know, it may not quite happen the way I have, but that practice to be able to do that. Um, so I'm going to, so all those people who had offered me like a beach house or a place to stay, I wrote to them and I said, Hey, thank you for that invitation you gave me a year ago. And, um, you know, I think I would love that. So if you do have an opening, I would, I would love that sometime. And so, um, one person said has a beach house like in, in Outer Banks and they said, yeah, it's free. I have, we have no, no one there after November 1st. And I mm-hmm. thought, um, yeah, you know what? Some Thursday night, I'm going to go to the Outer Banks and just spend the whole Friday and maybe come back on a Saturday morning. Um, and I could do that um, so that I could just take little moments away. Um, it's almost like I have a new hashtag where I'm like, hey, renewal leave is working. I mean, yeah. you you fill up your car with gas and you, you expect it to go. Um, I, I am the president of the PTA at my child's school. (laughs) Um, 
And some people are like, I can't believe you do that. It's really not that hard for me. It's like a Zoom meeting and it's it's fun. Yeah. But um, but I I received a call the other day asking for me to like combine another committee together and do more stuff that's not going to be effective. And I just was like, often I think I've been the person who said, yes, I'll make it work like to whatever it is yeah. um, just to be helpful. And, um, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. Um, I just was like, I'm, I, I'm not willing to do that for these reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, we can do some things together, but I'm not going to, and I had I had good reasons as why it wouldn't work to combine two different kind of committees and why my leadership couldn't help with that. Um, and they don't want to lose my leadership to do the thing I'm doing. Um, but I think in in time before renewal leave, I probably would have said, sure, I'll find a way to make it work. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, not that I'm not going to be a helpful person, but that um, I'm not going to over function mm-hmm. and I'm not going to overextend myself anymore um, because that doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah. Um, so those are some of the key things I've learned. Um, you know, it's easy to say, keep your day off sacred um, and without people, without things encroaching on it. Um, it's really hard to do that in practice. Yeah. Um, and I think in ministry, we often just keep saying yes. Um, and I think one of the things I probably learned in renewal leave is that I had done so much throughout my life in ministry to just get, say yes to the church and say yes to the community, um, that I hadn't done a good job of saying yes to like things that I wanted to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that doesn't mean I'm like, if I want to go running or if I want to learn how to paddleboard, or if I want to go surfing, that that all seemed to be extravagant, like giving myself too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I just, I realized that um, I deserve that time. I'm worth that time. I'm not just worth my productivity. So So in our, in, in the episode that's coming out before this, which Beth and I are recording this before that episode comes back, you know, I talked to two new pastors in our conference and they've been pastors for all of two months now. And I talked to them about setting boundaries, like setting boundaries from the onset and what that looks like in ministry to make sure that we're practicing healthy self-care boundaries, like from the onset. And so have you found yourself, I mean, I know you've only been back for two days, but have you found yourself (laughs) setting different boundaries as a pastor coming back from self-care? And what does that look like for you as someone who, you know, I don't want to maybe say that you had bad boundaries to begin with. I don't know. Beth and I have served on the same district for a while, both in this district and in previous districts. Um, And I don't want to say that like we set bad boundaries, but I do think renewal leave might offer that opportunity to come back because they're like, all right, she's been gone for two months. Hopefully she's in a healthy place and she feels renewed. And you come back. What does that look like for you to now set boundaries that hopefully keep you in this in this Mm -hmm. state and mindset focused on self-care. Yeah. I think I always had, you know, good boundaries to an extent as far as like trying to make sure I had time with family and um, be there for my, for my girls. Like um, one boundary that I worked really hard on was to like, at least be home and have dinner or on the table twice a week. Um, That might not seem like enough, but 
when you think about Wednesday night dinner at church doesn't count as a, as a dinner with family because I'm not able to be present with my kids. Um, yeah. And then you have maybe at least one mother night that um, you're going to be at church maybe for a, a meeting. And then maybe one night that the kids are going to have an activity <laughs> um, like sports or something or a theater or whatever. Two nights is pretty good <laughs> yeah. like to, to, to sort of say, we're going to stop everything for two nights. So I still have that. Uh, and I'm going to continue that. Um, I think the biggest boundary is probably the the Friday day off that, that I'm not going to let anything encroach on that. Um, you know, I'm a mom. So like even I had renewal leave from church, but I was like was summer. So I was yeah. full on with my kids. Um, so didn't really get a break um, there and they didn't go to camp or anything. They they're teenagers now. Um, so I spent a lot of time Ubering my children around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't drive just yet. Um, but boundaries and in, in ministry, you know, I think one of the things that I used to think was pretty standard um, for clergy is that we're going to work 50 to 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that just seemed like normal. And um, I'm not sure that's the normal I want to continue to model. Um, I'm not really sure what that looks like yet. Um, but I think one of the things, I think I used to think if I didn't put in 10 to 12 hours a day, that I wasn't productive or worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where that came from. And maybe that was my own stuff. Maybe that was the church. Maybe that was the fact that just I overfunctioned in some areas. Um, there is that much work to do. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to do that much work every day. <laughs> there's more and than that much work to do. Sometimes. There's more than that much work to do. And, and I mean, I think one of the things that I've gotten a lot better at in the, in the last few years too. Well, and especially when I came to courthouse, I think I used to have the people, people will always say, well, pastor, you know, what do you want? What do you, what do you want us to do? Or what, what's your vision or what, what, what do we do? And I would stop and say, well, what is it that God's calling us to do? And, um, and that was new and for some folks and, uh, and then I think when people would say, oh, well, we need you to do such and such pastor. It's like, no, you don't need me to do it. We need to equip someone to do this. And my leadership board has been really great about that. Like, um, there are a lot of times when I w- we would be figuring out who, what was going to get done, and I was thinking, okay, well, I could do blah, blah, blah. They're like, no, you're not going to do it. And then I'm like, you're right. I'm not going to do it. And so we would e- work on equipping others. So um, <laughs> my amazing church administrator and I would be like, we're equipping. Like, we'd get really excited. <laughs> like, we're equipping people. Um, and so a lot of times I think people in leadership and in ministry, especially like our staff, um, sometimes we'll say, okay, well, I have to go do this. And I think I'm going to be reminding myself and others, no, we don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. What we do need to do is invite others to do this with us or um, train some other people to do this. And that's hard. And sometimes we think, oh, it's just easier for me to just to do it myself. Mm-hmm. But that leads to a practice of burn of overfunctioning, which leads to burnout. Yeah. Um, and I preached yesterday um, a sermon. We ended a gospel according to Disney sermon series, and I my sermon was "Let's keep was on um, just keep swimming." Yeah. Uh, from finding Nemo, and I said the thing is, let just keep swimming isn't about oh just keep it up, just try harder, just keep going. 
just keep swimming is about um, saying yes to receiving help from others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how you keep swimming, not by just you doing it yourself. There's no way Marlon would have found his son Nemo if he had just done it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, and I heard this great podcast uh, the other day and it was Father Greg Boyle. And he said, if, if you're burnt out, it's because you're trying to do it all yourself. And, um, and I wouldn't say I, ha- I had burnt out, but I was mm-hmm. definitely tired. I was definitely exhausted and before renewal leave started. And I think a lot of that was probably COVID buildup and, and, and tiredness of COVID and trying to hold, I think a lot of clergy, we tried to hold the church together and keep the church alive over COVID. Um, and I think we forget sometimes that it's not up to us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And in that, I hear a nature in which delegation has become a practice of self-care for you and how we delegate maybe the roles that we have around us and the way that that may look different in different vocations or even just in life in general uh, and, and how we sort of play that role of, okay, what do I have within my ability to do? And and I've tried to be really good of this, of saying, you know, I'm in the office from nine o'clock to three o'clock. And this is when I'm going to get the bulk of my work done in terms of like sitting at a computer, right? Like if I'm going to be sitting at a computer right. doing work, like this is when the bulk of the work happens. This is when I'll be in the office. This is when I'll be at the coffee shop. You know, if it's outside those times, then you have an opportunity to give me a call and I might answer that call. I might not answer that call. You know, are we... Uh, and then delegation brings in this process of communication. Are we communicating these things? Um, mm-hmm. And I wonder how much those kinds of things fall by the wayside as we do get in that mindset where maybe it is like I just get frustrated because something's not happening. You know, we um, yeah. try and plan an event and maybe something falls through the cracks and it just reminds us, oh, man, if I had just done this, it would have been done. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, maybe. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think sometimes we think that, I I think it's more than even just delegation. That's why I'm kind of enjoying the word equipping even more because delegation is more about like, I'm telling you to do this and equipping is like, I'm inviting you to take this on in the creative way that you could do it, not the way I would do it. Um, and so, um, our vision at Courthouse actually has become um, to invite, engage, and equip people. Um, and so, like a lot of times, I feel like when I'm inviting, like when I'm asking someone to do something, I'm like inviting them to consider an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you might just say, "Well, that's just semantics, Beth," but I think it's more than that. I think it's it's not, "Hey, will you serve?" or "Hey, would you do this?" Hey, I'm inviting you to experience something the way a way that something that God can work in you. Yeah. Would you, would you take a moment to, 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 to put yourself in the flow of the Holy spirit? Um, not, would you do this task, you yeah. know, but would you allow space for God to work? Yeah. Um, you know, I- and, some people might say that's just like that really good way. Like, so one of my professors says, pastors are really good at getting people to do stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm easy. not sure. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm really good at that. People say no to me all the time. Um, but my, I, I sort of summed up my job and more my job, my call, my, my, the, the, the joy I have in my call earlier this summer by saying, I love helping people know that they have worth and a purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's what the equipping comes in. It's it's so much more than just sort of me delegating so I don't get burnt out. It's it's about me helping people to answer their call as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think the semantical conversation uh, about the language we, we use becomes so much of a point because you know, when we when we use language that fills that cup, that that speaks into that nature mm-hmm. more fully, it, it really helps us to unpack it. And and I mean, I say this is why I've started like our self-care. They're not practices like we need to treat them as rituals, as things that we do over and over again. Yeah, that are a part of our life, because that's what's going to help to to really put us in that mindset. And so when we talk about what it looks like, you know, to equip people to give them sort of the perspective mm-hmm. that they can help to not just take care of themselves, but the role that they can play in community and that we can play in community together. It, it helps us to unpack a little bit yeah. more the nature in which we're responsible for one another. And that it's not just, I think the fallacy we fall to, into in the church is the pastor is the only one who's responsible for the life of the church. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. the pastor is not directly involved in everything, then it's not happening. Yeah. Right. And how unhealthy is that to bring in, especially as those of us who are pastors in these in these situations? I mean, I don't want to be the pastor of that church. And I mean, that plays into our understanding of a, you know, vocation as a whole. How many vocations have it where they're the sole person who is playing this role? Yeah. And I don't find that to be healthy, but I also don't find it to be theologically correct or biblically correct um you know that makes that's more like a temple of babel kind of way of thinking about things like where it's all about me look look at me look what i can do rather than you know look what we did together i think like the best example or metaphor of leadership that i have is it was when i was in training to be a missionary and they talked they told the story about how the best leader is the one who they've gone into the community and when they leave people say, we did this all by ourselves. Like, I don't, I don't want people to see and say, oh, look what Pastor Beth did. I want them to say, look what we did. Look what God did through us. Um, and so we need to always be pointing, I think, to Christ and to the way that, that the Holy Spirit is moving in our community and, and to say, God did that. Like, I, or this is only possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Or that's not that's not me. Um, it's me putting myself saying yes to the invitation, but not me doing it. I mean, the the energy to do it is not sustainable on my own. Well, you were talking about the difference between saying self-care practices and self-care rituals. And I think that ritual of, and rhythms and, um, you know, I think, I think I used to think self-care was like making sure I had a list and I checked it off. Mm-hmm. And finding that it's more about feeling in tune and connected um, with myself and God and others. Um, and so one of those things, like I think I mentioned, I've been 
really enjoying getting up early in the morning. My body will just wake up at 530 almost naturally now. I love to be able to get up and walk and see the sunrise. And like, it's pretty amazing when you've hit like 10,000 steps and it's only 630 in the morning. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just sort of like, and I feel awake and good. But the other part of that is I found that if I did not get outside every day uh, or every other day um, and like have my feet in the sand or run or swim or do something active outdoors, I did not feel connected um, to myself as well as I wanted to feel. And I didn't, I just needed that um, time. And so um, just gotten better at that, about making sure I do that, not to think about it as a, a thing, a task I had to do as a thing to check off, but a way of if, if I didn't feel fully whole and connected um, or my best self if I didn't have that time. Yeah. Like I knew I, I, feel discon- I feel disconnected and exhausted if I don't go for a run or go for a walk or get in the water, or put my feet in the sand or whatever it might be. And I, and I think that that's one of the things that drew me to thinking about these as rituals. Because when I think about my faith, when I think about my vocation as a pastor, we record all of these things as rituals. And it was in one of the sermons that I just preached where um, Ryan LaRock, who both you and I know, he's a good friend of ours and a clergy colleague of ours. Uh, he started talking about self-care and especially self-care in a mental health aspect as a means of grace mm-hmm. and treating it as a means of grace and yeah. and hearing and understanding that and from our methodist tradition you know means of grace are more than just being reminded of god's grace but it's it's these times where we intentionally call that god is imparting grace upon us mm-hmm. as we are living as we are practicing these rituals and i think that's one of the yeah. things that drew me to this ritualistic language is you know if something like worship can be a ritual for our faith that draws us closer to God. Mm-hmm. Why not also can I not say that, you know, my morning run is a ritual that draws me clo- not mm-hmm. only draws me closer to God, but it considers it considers self-care able, something that draws us. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and to put yourself into the in, into the invitation to be in awe. Yeah. Like we you know, you've got little ones still. My my kids are now 14 and 15, but I, I I remember like how, you know, when they're like three and four, like they mm-hmm. want to stop and look at like every flower or look at the butterfly yep. or see that, look at the sun. And, and they are so much more in tuned with being in awe and experiencing wonder. And, um, and if I don't get outdoors and put myself out in the beauty of God's creation, I lose I lose the invitation or I miss the opportunity to to be in awe and wonder. Um, and then I think when I can do that, I can be better at being in awe and wonder of the people around me and yeah. not seeing them as... Um, a thing I have to do, like I've got to call this person or I've got to visit this person or I've got to take my kids somewhere. Like I can be in awe and wonder of the opportunity of those things um, because I've spent time in awe and wonder of God's majesty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I will be disconnected from God and others if I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and treating it in different facets of understanding, right? When 
we we realize that understanding of self-worth that we know that God loves us and that there's that inherent understanding. So we love God back. But that also mm-hmm. means that there's that inherent nature of, okay, we also need to love ourselves because we need to love God's creation and naming that we're part of creation lives into that aspect. Mm-hmm. And, and I often, I mean, I yeah. like, right. It's it's great and it's cool to to really focus on that loving our neighbor aspect. And I mean that's part of it. I'm not I'm not downplaying loving our neighbor. Like please nobody hear that. Right. right. But I truly <laughs> wonder I truly wonder if a lot of our if a, maybe a lot of our problem as a church or maybe a lot of our problem as society is is we're projecting maybe our own insecurities, our own lack of self-care, mm-hmm. our own of lack of self-understanding upon others yeah. and then and then trying to care for others in that space like if i don't love myself yeah. enough to give myself a day off then then maybe that's the reason that we think when people take vacations they're yeah. just being selfish or or lazy or yes. anything like that um right. and yeah. so or oh, yeah. uh, you know i think about this whole student loan debate and you know whatever politics all that stuff <laughs> i'm willing to go there but you know, we have these people who are like, but I've already paid off my student loans. And I'm like, yeah, but wouldn't you have appreciated like an opportunity to to have this right. uh, in, in, in your life or for people who don't have it? Like, can't can't we have this opportunity where we recognize something is harmful to a society as a whole and the manner in which we care for ourselves would be to not have this thing mm-hmm. in our society. And that would make us better as a whole to help my neighbor and to help myself. Yeah. And so I wonder if if it inhibits our ability to help others. Um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes our emphasis on self-sacrifice mm. has told us that we're not allowed to have self-care. Yeah. Um, this, um, I think one thing that I identified over renewal leave was that, and this is something I've known and I've worked on and I've got great therapists and I mean, I really wish everyone just had a therapist and did therapy and talked about right. that more. Um, Hi, you're an but, adult. Here's a therapist. Yeah. Like, or like, <laughs> or like here, you're born. Like, Here's a therapist. You're born. Right. Like you're, you're, you're now like seven or eight. You get a therapist. <laughs> Like my kids have each had therapists since they were like seven, eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I'm like, so grateful. Like my, my children have, and generation Z, I see this like beautiful self-awareness and I'm like, they can be so articulate. And is that because my kids have had the opportunity for more therapy than I ever, that I got to have at their age. But, um, but that, that feeling of, I don't get to have nice things. Like I have to sacrifice yeah. or I don't, I, you know, I, that's too extravagant to take a day off or it's too much to, to give myself this rest. I have to, the, that, that idea that to be worthy, you have to be productive. Um, yeah. And, and and if you get out into creation and you just sit and watch like an egret for mm-hmm. 20 minutes, you know, the egret is literally just standing there and they're worthy. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, you know, you, God says, you know, God, God loves and takes care of the sparrow as much as us and the egret too. And we're, we're, we're worthy and loved not because of what we do and you know because god loves us enough to bring us into this world and sustain us yeah. and um and i think that i forget that if i don't get out and like sit and watch 
like the water or an egret or feel the breeze or whatever. I have to be outdoors and, 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 and sense that. Um, and I think I have to surround myself with people who remind me of that. Yeah. Um, like, um, my kids really like video games and, um, or at least one of them does. And, um, I've made some changes where I don't have a video game system in my house and, um, and I'm like, you know, we're going to go outside, you know, I'm I'm not dissing people who are gamers or putting it down, but, but, but if that's something that's important to folks, I think we can lose something if we don't, um, if that's our main connection to the world and it's like a screen, I think we're going to lose something. We need to get outside and and connect to that awe and wonder. Um, I don't think you're going to find it on a screen. Well, and and I think that there's always that idea of you know we we need to find those things that feed us that 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 fill us up that make us whole. And it's not going to be that one ultimate thing, right? It's not going to mm-hmm. you know I, I I said it in my sermon you know, what would be yesterday from when we recorded this, uh, what would have been like a week and a half ago for, for when folks are listening to this. But, you know, we often, we want self-care to be like the quick fix. Mm-hmm. Like we want our one yeah. self-care thing. Like, all right. Yeah. And, and I do it all the time. Like I will eat this one salad <laughs> and that will solve <laughs> all of my weight problems. Yeah. And it's like, no, I need to, I need to form a healthy, if, if, if I want yeah. to, whether it's, if I want to use salad to lose weight or, you know, use salad to, you know, have the benefits in running that I get, then it needs to be part of my rituals. It needs to be part of something that I do mm-hmm. on a, on a daily basis. And I think that those are things that we forget. And it's not just one thing, right? It's not just about mm-hmm. eating a salad, but, but it's about eating a fully balanced meal. It's about doing the strength work. It's about doing the mm-hmm. core work. It's about, you know, having the, it's about all of these different things that play into that right. understanding. Right. And I think we can get lost yeah. in, this is one thing and it's going to yeah. fix all of my problems. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's just not that. Like it's, it's there's no be, quick, there's no quick fix. I mean, no. I, and like I said, my fear was I get back and I'd be like, renewal leave didn't work. And what I'm realizing is, I need to be always renewing um, and it'll always be that there is renewal at work in me Um, that, that, that sense of that the Holy spirit is constantly pouring out and that Christ is doing a new thing in me. Um, And, and and that's what God wants. That's what God's always available to do. Um, but I have to say yes to that. Invi- there, the invitation is there and I have to say yes to the opportunity. Um, like those means of grace, like you're t- are always there. They're always yeah. available. Um, it's up to us whether we say yes to it. Like I could always go for a run. I could always go put my feet in the sand. I can always go see the sunrise. It's there. And it's worthy like this is the coolest thing. I went and I saw the sunrise one day and it was very cloudy and dark. And I'm like, but the sun's up. Yeah. Like it's worthy, whether it's a spectacular pink, yellow, orange sunrise or not, it's worthy. And I am too. Um, so yeah. that's been good. Recognizing how those means of grace are filling us, right? Because yeah. again, it's, it's, it's recognizing that they are means of grace. So when we talk about you know, if we're talking about our faith, and, and I think it, I think it might be time to stop divorcing faith from self-care, 
that our self-care practice is an expression of our faith. And I think about, you know, how much for myself, I love communion. Like I just, mm. and it, it doesn't break my heart because I love to preside at the table, but I love a time when I can just go and experience communion. And so it's actually mm. been really cool at my church lately with, you know, a broken arm, I can't serve communion. Now I can preside at the table and I can bless yeah. the elements and I can do all that, but I can't serve communion. It's, it's impossible. You, you kind of need two hands. And so I've been able to mm -hmm. preside at the table and then, you know, have two lay, lay people serve communion. And I step down from the altar and take mm. communion. And it's mm. been so filling That's for awesome. me because I, I love, it's one of the things that I love. And I feel so just connected to God in that moment. And people, you know, they'll all, for me, communion is a form of self-care because it allows me to mm -hmm. really understand and know and it and it's cool how those rituals play into our understanding of being filled yeah. and it plays into that role of how we then live out our faith cuz we've yeah. got to be filling our own cup otherwise i mean you can't fill mm -hmm. from an empty cup and i i mean joe varner taught right. us that really early on in this podcast and so how we fill our own <laughs> cup becomes so vital and so important yeah in that nature of practicing yeah. self care in a holistic and a healthy manner right I think one of the great things, the gifts of renewal leave for me was that I'm going to model that for my church and community and uh, for my, for my girls, for my daughters. Yeah. I want them to, I mean, they're watching, my, my girls are watching and they're seeing, um, you know, what's important. And it's funny because they were talking this morning, I had to drop off my car to get inspected and. My 14-year-old was with me. We're talking about our dog and and someone said something about, you know, oh, you know, I bet your dog needs a lot of exercise. And Sophia said, well, it's pretty great because my mom likes to go running and my mom will take the dog <laughs> running. And um, Sophia even went running with me once or twice this summer. And um, so I'm hoping to get her to come with me again. There but, you go. <laughs> um, but like I know a lot of people like will listen to to have earbuds in a run when they're running, but I, I, I don't want anything. I just want to yeah. hear the, 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 the quiet and the breeze and the crickets and the woodpecker. And, um, and I just, I just love being out there in the woods and, yeah. and having that moment. Yeah. And how healthy that just becomes for us. Um, and how yeah. much that plays a role in this conversation. Um, yeah. Beth, it's been like, great. You know, John Wesley. You. Oh, John well, I was just thinking, John Wesley used to talk about like if he was going to have a particularly busy day, he got up early to pray even more. Yeah. And I feel like if I'm going to have a particularly full day, it's probably better for me to get up earlier um, and make sure I saw the sunrise. I put my feet in the sun, in, in the sand, and that I breathed deeply um, in the morning and that I had a moment to feel really connected to God and to myself before I could. It's almost like that's better. I mean, it's like it's better than coffee. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I can attest to that yet. Um, <laughs> I, 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 and I love coffee. I think love is an understatement. You will have to tell Bob Cooper. Tell oh, Bob God. Cooper I said that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anything could replace coffee for Bob Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm man. not saying replace. I'm saying just as good or better. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe like 
Coffee won that too. I I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, this has been great, Beth. Yeah. Let's let's hop on uh, some okay. of these questions that I love to end every podcast with. Okay. Uh, so, what is an accomplishment that you are proud of? Um, when I'm proud that I did a, I did renewal leave mm. and that I um that I did not make it into something more than what it needed to be. Mm. Um, you know, it's funny cause I, I worked really hard to be intentional. It's funny. I was like, I'm going to be the best at relaxing. <laughs> um, but, um, I'm a little, I have a little overachiever issues, but, um, I am proud that I accomplished everything on my list of what I wanted to do in that renewal leave. I was very intentional about that. Um, I refinished my stairs. They're beautiful. Mm -hmm. I learned how to do some handy projects around the house. My garage has gotten turned into a studio for my kids to do art. Um, I did fun things for myself. I, I used to think that I wasn't fun, <laughs> that I was, um, you know, that I like, that I didn't get to be fun or have fun yeah. because I had to be responsible. Like so much of my life was about like, Oh, well you've got to be responsible and take care of things. Nonsense. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I learned that I was fun yeah. and that I can have fun and I'm not going to stop doing like the other day I was at the ocean without my kids mm -hmm. and I was doing flips and handstands in the waves <laughs> and I was having fun. Yeah. And I was like, I can have fun. Um, <laughs> And I'm I, I can play. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really I'm proud of that. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep making sure I play. There you go. Who do you go to when life gets tough? Aside from God. Hmm. I have um I kind of have a patchwork quilt mm. of amazing people in my life. And um it's been kind of a tough year in our family and um, my life looks differently mm -hmm. than I thought it would. And God has been good. And, um, and I have some amazing people who I can just say, um, you know, whatever I need. And they're like, we're here. Um, yeah. It might be, you know, and, and, and that's my, that's sort of my metaphor for them is they're a patchwork quilt. They're all very unique. They're all very different, but they wrap around me with God's mm. love and I'm grateful. Yeah. And finally, what is one goal that you have upcoming goal? Hmm. Well, one thing I wanted to do, um, that really wasn't on my list, but when I went, I took my kids hiking over the summer, we went out West and we, I had three days planned of hiking with my, with my kids with mm. actually and two bonus kids. Um, and I was going to, we were going to hike three days and we only hiked two of the days. They didn't want to hike the third day. And I wanted to go to McAfee's knob. Um, and what I'd really like to do is see McAfee's knob, um, and the sunrise. Mm. Um, it's like the most photographed place on the, at like one of the most photographed places, you know, and um, so a goal that I'd like to do before this year is out is hike McAfee's Knob. Um, 
and um, I guess a goal in ministry um, is to stay in that renewing power of of, of God. Mm. Yeah, to keep saying yes to that invitation, and to know that that's not selfish or extravagant. Yeah, and. You know, I think one of the big things that we can look at and see is, you know, take that renewal leap, right? I mean, it's it's that opportunity mm-hmm. and then learn from it. Um, and yeah. it's so just cool to hear all the things, not just that you did on renewal leave, uh, but even just two days back, how you feel like that renewal leave has already changed yeah. the outlook of your continued vocation. So Beth, I want to yeah. thank you so much for coming thank on, for, for joining today. This has been an awesome it's conversation. Fun. Thanks, Andrew. This was awesome. I appreciate you inviting me. Thanks. All right. What a great conversation with Beth. Sorry about that middle section. There was a portion there where we kind of lost one another in the uh, recording feed and we had to get it back. So it may have sounded a little jumpy there right about 30 minutes, but I apologize for that. So what did I learn from this conversation? This is going to be the new question that I'm going to ask myself. It's something that I've been doing, but now I want to make it intentional of naming this. And so what did I learn from this conversation? And I think for me, it was both a learning and a reinforcement of when we take time for renewal, like I mentioned at the top, we need to take opportunities within that renewal to firm up our self-care practices so that when we come back, we come back in a, not just a good headspace to be able to do the work that we are doing, but also to be able to continue to set those boundaries that we are called to set. And I love how Beth talked about doing this and how it changed her mindset of self-care within her ministry. And, and one of the things that, that I think we can get scared of oftentimes when we think about this renewal leave or we think about these extended leaves, and just like Beth said, it's like, well, what if I don't want to go back? And I think that there's a nature in which we want to become comfortable in who we feel like we are called to be. And so this is the th- one of the other things that I've learned is at all times and in all places, as I am practicing self-care, I also need to remain grounded to my why. Why do I do what I do? Why do I run? Why am I a pastor? Why am I a father? Why am I a husband? Because when we take these opportunities to practice self-care, these are times when we are intentionally moving away from those activities that we love. And in taking those times away, we want to be able to come back refreshed and renewed, but also with a sense that we still feel like we are being called to this, that we are still feeling called into ministry, into vocation, into whatever it is that we're doing. And I think this becomes the important point in this conversation as we continue to think about longer self-care rituals like renewal leave, like sabbatical, is in those times it's also important to reconnect with why and ask yourself, why do I love XYZ? Why do I love doing this? Why do I love doing that? And I think that that is going to be what is going to help us in those times to continue to grow in that vocation. And I think that it might be okay to name that my why for this has disappeared. I think we see a lot of this when we look at uh, things like the great resignation as people may take an extended time away from something and they ask themselves why and the answer has changed. And that comes in a very crucial point where we can, when we ask ourselves that why, to then come at it and say, okay, well, what do I feel called to do now? 
And so these times of leave can be times of transition as well. And we need to be comfortable in that space. That's what it means to care for ourselves. And so being comfortable to be able to answer that question and be comfortable with what that answer might mean for our own future and being and having people around us who we can talk to about that. So like I said, this was a great conversation. I'm so glad that I was able to bring it to you. Like, um, I'm going to have another person, another pastor friend who's going to come on and hopefully talk about their experience on an extended renewal leave time frame. Normally, we only get about four weeks every every handful of years. Sometimes we get longer ones depending on how long we've been serving. But normally in a given year, we get four weeks of vacation and, and a week of renewal leave, and that's it. So it's really interesting to catch up with these people who are taking these extended renewal leaves and finding out what they're learning. I'm hoping you're getting a lot from these as well. And so please let me know, uh, leave a rating review, drop a comment on Facebook. Let me know, uh, what you are loving about these episodes. If this episode in particular is, is hitting you really well, just let me know, give me a shout out and, and tell me how much you're loving the podcast. And if you would love to help support the podcast, I'm not, I don't have any, uh, marketing gimmicks. I don't have any, you know, sponsors or anything like that. This is completely for you all by you all. And so, uh, if you would love, I would love your, uh, support over on Patreon at patreon.com slash run and rev. Uh, my, my Patreon shout out to them, David Baum, Pam Anderson, Amy Dane. We've had a little bit of a spell since our last Patreon. So let's see if there are any awesome, wonderful people. And with your Patreon subscription now, any dollar amount, uh, whatever you can give a month, you will get, uh, I've got some active faith stickers that are coming in and these are really excited because I'm starting to get some things hopefully that I can start uh, showing others and, and getting the word out there. Don't forget to check out those show notes. There's information in there about Beth. There is information about joining us on our Active Faith community on Facebook. Uh, there is information on uh, where to find us online, on social media. So please don't forget to check those out. And don't forget, please share this podcast with others. Invite a friend to listen. You know, if you share it on Facebook or Instagram, I will give you a shout out if you tag the podcast. So share it with others so that others can be a part of these conversations too. And now may God bless each of us, and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.